Welcome back to Generals and Napoleon, episode 51, Marshal Blucher of the Prussian Army. We have a very special guest joining us all the way from Hessen, Germany, uh, my good friend, Philip Wagenest. How'd I do with that? Thank you very good. I hope you are well too. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, we're, I invited Philip. Uh, he's a good friend of mine on Twitter. Uh, his Twitter page, it's at Pertanix. Uh, it's P-E-R-T-I-N-A-X-S. And um, he and I have been talking about Napoleon for many years. And today we're going to talk about one of Napoleon's main adversaries, a guy named Blucher. Can you tell us just in general about the good Marshal Blucher from Prussia? Oh, I try. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think Blücher is, um, is a very complicated personality, but on the same side, he is a very simple person. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the first thing you have to know is that Blücher is um, from a Prussian family, mm -hmm. but he wasn't in Prussia at the beginning of the, of the Seven Years' War. We, mm -hmm. we all know he's a, he's a very decisive person, uh, a, a decisive general for defeating Napoleon Bonaparte. Right. But the beginning of him is in the age of Frederick the Great, in, uh, in the end of the Seven Years' War. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting aspect of his life is that you know he had interactions with probably two of the greatest military minds of the age with Frederick and Napoleon. Um, so let's let's dive into his life a little bit. Um, yeah. So he, Blucher, uh, or you pr want to pronounce his first names for me, I believe it's Gerhard Luberecht von Blucher? Gerhard, uh, Gebhard Leberecht von Blücher. Thank you very much. Was born in December 1742 in Rostock, uh, North Germany. Um, can you tell us a little bit about his parents? Yes, um, his father was a Rittmeister, that's a captain of the cavalry, mm -hmm. and he was in Prussian service, but there is a problem uh, for, for um, making a family, you uh, only can marry in Prussia um, beyond the, the, um, the rank of a major, mm -hmm. so often uh, the, the, the soldiers retire before they get the rank, to to make a family to have a family okay and um he moved to to rostock and uh there his uh, his father is uh, rittmeister christian friedrich von blücher and his mother dorothea marie geboren at zulo born as with the name zulo they are nobles but very low nobles and this is a part of the beginning is uh, like Blücher, his family was broke. They were out of money. They were nearly poor. Ah. And um, to escape, to escape this, uh, the, the turmoil of the Seven Years' War, right. uh, he tried to bring out his son out of the reach of, of the soldiers. So yeah. Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, now Germany, was Swedish after the Thirty Years' War. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, this is the start of the story, I think, because he was moved to Rügen, that's an island, mm -hmm. and that was Swedish too. And um, in Prussia, there is a thing called Kantonsystem. So soldiers are taken out of, uh, of the families in mm -hmm. one area and put in a special unit. So only for an example, uh, Infantry Regiment number five, Infantry Regiment number five, has the city of Potsdam. So all um, with the birth in Potsdam uh, are moved to this regiment and join the regiment. When okay. they are not, not nobles, the nobles, uh, of course, go to the cavalry. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. That's yeah, that, yeah, no, that's a good intro to the story. He, mm -hmm. he is from a lower nobility family, but like you said, um, they weren't rich or anything. So he begins his military career at 16 uh, in a Hussar regiment in the Swedish army. Yes. And, I find, and I find this is odd because Sweden was at war at the time with Prussia during the Seven Years' War. Um, so it's just weird because when you think of Blucher, 
you think of them in the Prussian army, not the Swedish army. Yeah, it, the Swedish army was in war with Prussia, but they only did some skirmish things behind mm -hmm. enemy lines. Mm -hmm. And there he joined uh, the the regiment, a regiment of hussars. Mm -hmm. uh, and and, and um, then he is captured by Prussians right. and change the side. It's an yeah. age of, of, of mercenaries. We, 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 especially we, we at, uh, in Germany, we, we do not want to know that, is, that they are mercenaries. But in the Seven Years' War, um, it, it's not, of course, like, like the 30, 30 Years' War. But if an, a side gives you the better opportunity, maybe mm -hmm. money or something like that, mm -hmm. you can change the side after a battle. So yeah. he gets captured by Berlin Hussars. Right. Uh, they had, these guys wore the black uniform with mm -hmm. the whole death on it. Mm -hmm. yeah? Everyone knows uh, the death hussars with with only the skull on on skull on, on it. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, and there, this regiment from the, the the officer from the general von Belling, and uh, in 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 the in the turmoil, he was captured, and uh, there are many stories. Many stories about uh, how he changed the sides, but I think it's it's the most realistic one is he got captured. They he uh, he was asked who are you, who were your parents? Ah, you can speak German. That's brilliant. You can speak German. Your parents? Oh, they were Prussians. Oh, we have an opportunity. You can <laughs> join the service. I think this is the most realistic thing. Not uh, yeah. We say about something he was caught and on the bell and put on the saddle and they rode in the sunset and then <laughs> Lucia said yeah I want to be a Prussian son yeah I, I think this is not true he I, got the better offer so he becomes part of the Prussian military and becomes a natural leader of cavalry but yeah. so but his boldness is sometimes he, he takes it too far and in 1773, he resigns angrily from the Prussian army and receives kind of a, a reprimand from Frederick the Great, who says, quote, Captain Blücher can take himself to the devil, end yeah. quote. So I love his quotes, and it's very interesting, but uh, it, it goes a little bit before. The third petition of Poland is the thing we have to focus here. And mm -hmm. um, the Belling Hussars were used as a force to uh, subdue the uh, the uprising there against the partition of Poland. For mm -hmm. for the audience who doesn't know the partition of Poland, Poland was divided uh, under under three um, powers: it's Russia, it's Austria, and it's Prussia. That's right. And uh, in there, of course, we we know of the Napoleonic Wars, especially like personal Poniatowski, who wanted to to uh, uh, to Reestablish independent, an independent Poland, and, and of course there 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 were uh, there were powers in the state too, and and the people didn't want to be reigned by the Prussians. So and uh, in this term, the Belling Hussars as a skirmish power were um, were mobilized to subdue this uh, this um, uprising. Uh, this uprising, yes, as, um, thank you. And uh, the problem is. We do not know exactly what happened, but it is, seems very realistic that it come to that have come to war crimes. Then. Uh. So maybe civilians has been shot, and and then we we confirm one thing: uh, there was a priest who was involved in the in the uprising. A very mm -hmm. important person is a priest in in, the Catholic, in Catholic Poland, mm. and uh, they made a fake execution with him oh right okay, okay. They, they dig a grave stood him before and shot with the guns uh, above his head okay and all this instead of subduing the the uprising uh, instead of that the turmoil started anew mm -hmm. so uh, and this was for the king it was um impossible it, 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 it the, this thing, the, this what happened. He he wanted to ha make it quiet. Right. Yeah? He wanted to make it quiet. He want he wanted to, to reign. He, you think you, you have to see Frederick the Great is it is after the Seven Years' War. So right. in the last years of Frederick the Great, he wanted 
that Prussia was rebuilt. Right. And everything, everything was focused on the old king of the Alter Fritz, we were saying. We say. Right. Huh? So he don't he don't want a bunch of drama and noise during his last years of, of his exactly. life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got it. So, that makes so, sense. So the problem was then he got arrested. And mm. uh, it this is cut out out of the German sources, out, out of the German literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Blücher is a is a hero for us. Yeah? Mm-hmm. He was a hero until 1945. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, may, maybe a person like Hitler, Hitler also based saw saw himself claimed he saw himself in a tradition with Frederick the Great. So, right. And in this in this. Uh, thing you you had the narrative of of born german heroes and blücher was exactly like that but he got arrested and we do not know how long but some sources say for eight months okay after that he um couldn't get the rank of a major so as a major you cannot have as an as an rittmeister you cannot have a family. Mm. So he was excluded out of uh, out of getting this rank or out of getting the higher rank. Right. So and this led to, to his frustration that he retired and uh, uh, returned. Or no, then he changed. He tried to be a landlord and a farmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just sounds like Blucher and. Uh, Frederick were just two very stubborn people, and neither one of them was going to back down. I think um, they didn't have any um, connection to each other. So mm-hmm. um, there, there are sources who say that that when he saw the the king crossed a, a street, he uh, the, the, they say uh, that he took his horse and uh, really begged on the on on the streets. To, that the king will take him back in service, but uh, I'm I'm not sure about that. But uh, something like this must have happened. Okay. Huh? So, so you know, like you say, take some time away, becomes a landlord, farmer, uh, Freemason. Yeah. But yeah. then that, that's the yeah exactly, and that's the problem because he was a bad farmer. He was <laughs> a bad land landlord. He was a born soldier. So right, his 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 duty was his. His destiny was the horse and the saber, right? Not the plow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, in 1786, Frederick the Great dies, and Blücher returns to the army as a major, and he works his way up the ranks to become a general in 1794. Yeah. How would you describe his leadership style? I know his his nickname was Old Marshal of Forwards. Yeah. Um, what was he wasn't? I mean, he was he knew tactics, but he wasn't. A brainiac like Napoleon. How, what, how do you describe his leadership style? Of course, he's not. He's not Napoleon Bonaparte. Of mm-hmm. course, you, you you cannot compare. The, his leadership was for his officers very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the dinner, the dinner is something what Blücher did until his last days. He invited his high officers any evening, um, except they were on the march, of course. But yeah. when they uh, could have a rest, he invited them to a dinner. Yeah. And there, the, the problems of the day were, uh, um, were, were in that conversation, were, discu- were, were discussed. Discussed, yeah. And it, it seems like the, and, the, yeah. soldiers, the soldiers, like, were, like even though they got, he was very pushy and energetic, they liked serving under him. They liked being, they liked him at the front. They liked seeing Marshal Blucher at the front. Yeah, he was a charismatic person. And yeah. he was a father for them. They called him father and he, he called them the children. Papa okay. Blücher. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I think in, in that age, I wanted to, to serve under Blücher. Right. Yeah? Of course. Right. So, so any, any Prussian thing, uh, do that huh? right well you know he, he carries on and um you know prussia is kind of watching how things go with napoleon mm-hmm. 
and in 1806, Blücher was among the war party urging the king of Prussia to go to war with France and Napoleon. Yeah. Why do you think he was pushing for that? Like, why did he want to attack Napoleon? Mm. So he loved his queen. And the Queen Louisa yep. was a main power in the resistance against Napoleon Bonaparte. Of course, mm -hmm. uh, so this, this was one part. The second part is, is the most uh, important. Uh, they did not fear the French and they did not fear the IDs, but the IDs of the revolution carried guns. Right. Right? I think it's, it's, it's William Pitt the Younger who, who, who had use this words for that. And uh, that, this, it is a danger for, um, for Prussia and the system of Prussia. The reason why Prussia entered the war and the coalition was because France enacted the Western, yeah. Uh, yeah. Western colonies with the Western states uh, which belong to Prussia. Right. And this is what was was an abysmal. This was an an insult for for a state for for proud state like like Prussia and a state which resisted France and Austria and Russia in the Seven Years War. So right. impossible. Yeah, yeah. you they make a good point. Enter a war, and and the, the 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 picture, what comes in mind, and that what was the. The, the spirit of 1806 was the officers who shot the sabers on the steps of the French embassy. That's right. That's yeah? right. Yeah. A, a very strong symbol, but uh, it didn't went well. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't end well at all. Um, the 1806 dual battle of Vienna Auerstadt comes a disaster for the Prussian army as they're manhandled in both battles. Uh, Blücher fights well at Auerstadt and covers mm -hmm. the rear, rear guard during the retreat. Why did the Prussians lose this, this battle? Was it overconfidence or was it Napoleon was just so good? Like what happened there? It is on the high strategic level. In the mm -hmm. tactical level, the, the Prussian soldiers were equal to the French. Mm -hmm. uh, there are many historians who, are, who have the same opinion like me. And uh, there are many reasons for it. At first, on the high strategic level, um, the, the Prussian high command wanted to face the French out of their own territory mm -hmm. and used in that some columns uh, which were f far uh, on, on a far, uh, 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 on, on, I would say 120 miles on such a corridor they wanted to face uh, and and um, intercept the, the French. Right. And Napoleon marched with his columns in a formation of a diamond mm -hmm. uh, on, on two flanks uh, and, and uh, three columns and yep. Yep. a rear guard and, and, and an avant-garde and yep. like that. Yep. And in his march, he was able to concentrate his troops in a 24, 24 hours. And this was at first the main strategical point in the high strategic level uh, that Prussia could not face. Right. Yeah? This, yeah. Is, this is one thing. A second thing in the in, uh, lower strategic thing is the train. So in, in the age of the Seven Years' War, behind the Prussian army was a train and, and like, like the other armies too. Yeah, it's a, a train. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they tried to exclude or they tried to not harm the people, not harm the farmers and the country. Of course, we know in any war, the people have to suffer. That's right, because when you're... When, when you're marching, sometimes you just steal things from farms or you you know you burn farms down or you, you eat all their food and exactly. And the problem was the household of the officers were also in that train because they had the right in parts of the family. Only for example, Knight uh, von Kneisenau, he was born in the train of his father. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the date, but uh, I, I wrote a, 
an article about Kneisenau of the date. It was a, I think it was a, a very important battle. But he was born on the train because the wives of the officers were in the train. That train kind of slowed down the Prussian army then, I would imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this, and and of course, this makes it nearly impossible to maneuver such a huge army. So mm -hmm. in, in, in the age of, of, uh, of Frederick the Great and the Seven Years' War, we do not have these gigantic numbers which were deployed in the Napoleonic Wars. Mm -hmm. So, and um, the third point, I think the moral of the Prussian troops, when they saw that the catastrophe began, were out of the battle and did not fight to the end. Right. Maybe it wasn't senseless, but in the, in, when, if, if you start the battle, and the problem is the, uh, the Prussian leader, the Prussian high general, got a bullet between the eyes. He did, yeah. Then you lose your co high commander. Yeah. And yeah. this this uh, makes his troops insecure. And the, I think this is why in and Auerstedt became a disaster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you lose your high commander, your morale goes down, um, and yeah, it turns into kind of a rout. Um, a few weeks later, Blücher loses, I mean, you know, Napoleon overruns Berlin and Blücher loses at the Battle of Lübeck and was compelled to surrender. Uh, but what I really like about Blücher is that he insisted clauses be written in the capitulation that stated that he surrendered due to lack of provisions and ammunition and that his soldiers should be honored by the French troops, which they were. I just I think that shows that even though he was surrendering, he still had his morals and principles that, you know, he would have kept fighting if he didn't run out of bullets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He really did that, that these terms were accepted, that his troops could march out of it and got, and got captured with all their honor. Mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. And not, uh, not defeated. Yes. And yeah. one important thing, like that, so to surrender, it avoided that Lübeck was pillaged and sacked. Mm, good, so good point. For me, a very important point to yep. to to capitulate. Yep. No, you don't want the Lubeck to be destroyed. Um, so he's captured, but then he's returned to the Prussian army after a prisoner exchange mm. for Marshal Victor. And uh, I always say that the Prussians got the better part of that deal. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I didn't know if 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 uh, Marshal Victor. Um, got an higher command he could do it better maybe but yes it, but at this point uh bonaparte didn't know what blucher of course later did yeah. and i think for him is at, at this point he was a high commander but he was not so high and not so not significant and he did not realize the potential of this man right and I think and, you make a yeah. good point. If, if he had known that he'd be such a thorn in his side later on, he probably wouldn't have let him. He probably wouldn't have let him go. Yeah. Um, yes, and it's an, there. There is something. There are points in history we do not know. So mm -hmm. we know very exactly that Plucha wasn't able to speak French. Mm -hmm. He could not speak French, and we also know that uh, Napoleon Bonaparte later learned German. Mm -hmm. So they had a conversation. No one was there, only Napoleon Bonaparte and Blücher. Mm -hmm. And they had a conversation of two hours, and we do not know what they were talking about. But it's interesting you bring that up, because, you know, after 1806, 1807, Prussia basically becomes a vassal state to Napoleon's empire, yeah. Blücher kind of avoids court and begins to hate Napoleon with a vengeance. Like he wants to kill Napoleon, like later on. Why did he despise Napoleon so much? I know he respected him as a general. Mm -hmm. He hated the man of Napoleon. Yeah, he respected him as a general and respect him as, as a, um, well, he always accepts that he is the emperor and uh, the emperor is of Deutsch, der Kaiser. Mm -hmm. So 
he says der Kaiser, and that's a thing that that he accepts his rank. Uh, and, and I think that this this went through the whole Prussian world that that they all accept Napoleon Bonaparte as the their Kaiser, mm -hmm. uh, the emperor. Um, now, the the I think the most important thing is the Peace of Tilsit, right. in which Prussia really lost its pride. 1807, mm -hmm. the Peace of Tilsit is an insult for, uh, right. yeah. for Prussia, yeah. and this makes Napoleon the absolute enemy. And then there begins the time, we call it in Germany, Franzosenzeit, the time of the French. Right. And it's an occupation, and it's not funny. And Prussia has to pay 70 million francs yeah. a year in reparations. That's a lot. That's a lot for a state like Prussia. Mm -hmm. But uh, compared to Austria, it's it's nothing. Austria had to pay much more. And after 1809, some more, even more. And it's a lot of money. But but in, in there, there's hidden, of course, this... Uh, the downfall of the kingdom of, of, of Prussia in the same place is the rise of the Napoleonic power because the Prussians paid it. Right, right. Okay. Well, after Napoleon's disaster in Russia in 1812, the German War of Liberation begins in 1813. Mm -hmm. And Blücher was present at both the battles of Lutzen and Bautzen, which were losses for the Allies. They were truce after that. Blücher helps to reorganize the Prussian army, and it seems like he has some very capable generals and subordinates working for him. Who are some of these guys? I know you mentioned Nisenau now before, but who are some of these guys that worked under Blücher? Yeah, uh, of course, Gneisenau is a very, is a very uh, we have a focus on Gneisenau, of course, because he will be his chief of staff. And for, for the audience, it's very important to know how the German army worked after 1812, after mm -hmm. the reforms of 1812. We have a double lead in the armies since then. We have the commander, mm -hmm. and separate from that, we have the chief of staff. Mm -hmm. And the chief of staff is the strategical commander, and the commander is the tactical and the charismatic leader of, of, uh, of the army. Mm -hmm. First was Scharnhorst. And mm -hmm. Scharnhorst was a great man. He, he was, was the mastermind, the yep. absolute mastermind of the Prussian army. But Lützen was the fall, the first battle. The, mm -hmm. the Russo-Prussian coalition went into offensive mm -hmm. and faced Napoleon and faced um, Marshal Nee at uh, Großkirchen. Mm -hmm. It was a, a battle over four four towns, uh, Großgerschen, Kleingerschen, Kaya, and Rana. Yeah. And there it comes to the absolute clash. And mm. in there, Scharnhorst is wounded, mm -hmm. Blücher is wounded, and Gneisenau is wounded too. But for Blücher and, and Gneisenau, it went well. But the leg of Scharnhorst got infected, and he later dies one month yeah. Around one month, and this is this mastermind uh, is is a significant person. Yeah, I don't think Scharnhorst gets enough credit. He's a very smart guy. Absolutely, and and uh, Kneisner, of course, but Kneisner also do, doesn't get the credit in his lifetime mm -hmm. after it because Kneisner um, was a person who he was brilliant. He was really a brilliant planner. He he. Uh, managed to defend Kohlberg in uh, 1807 to the last day with uh, with maneuvers. Uh, that he learned that from from the American troops because mm -hmm. uh, he was part of the expedition troops in in in, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But he didn't go went to battle when he arrived when Yorktown War was already over. Um, and this Kneisner later plays the decisive role for Blücher. Right. And the third is von Müffling, but von Müffling um, really gets in service in Bautzen, not in Lützen. He, mm -hmm. There he, he didn't know what, what, what position he has, but, but significant uh, 
as a commander and a leader and a liaison officer, um, he gets the position in Lützen. No, I'd like to tell my audience to look up those three commanders because they're pretty interesting people. Uh, Nissenau, von Mufling, and uh, Scharnhorst. Mm -hmm. So getting back to our protagonist, so Blücher scores a major victory against Marshal MacDonald at the Battle of Katzbach. Mm -hmm. And then help secure a victory for the Allies at the huge Battle of Leipzig. And I think this one's critical because it was his fourth battle against Napoleon himself and the first time he emerged victorious. Yeah. It seems to me that kind of almost like Marshal Massena on the other side, that defeats never really deterred or bothered Blucher. He was always ready to fight again the next day. Don't mm. you think? Yeah. I think at any time we say, ah, oh, what, what What was capable? How, how, what, what was Blücher's strategical thinking? Mm -hmm. How did his brain work in battle? And we say, oh, all what he could is aggressivity, is an aggressive advance. Mm -hmm. But exactly that was his strategy. Because in the past, anytime you let Napoleon Bonaparte making the first step in the battle he won that's he right was lost that's right so uh, to have to make the first step for blücher is, is a, a significant and important thing the katzbach is uh, after one month of peace uh, the, the peace of, of 1813 one month uh, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte draws troops and brings them back from spain and uh, has to raise the cavalry And um, the Katzbach is a very important battle, one of my favorite uh, battles in, yep. in Napoleonic Wars. It's a battle of cold steel. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. the rain, the rain that ruins uh, the campaign uh, in, in, in 1813 for Napoleon Bonaparte. And there he, he wins. And the, it is why it is so important for Blücher and for York. His second commander is. I will speak uh, when I, when when it goes about Leipzig. I, I will speak about York, um, and uh, there they get their titles. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just for my audience, the, the Battle of Katzbach was kind of a. Uh, it was Marshal MacDonald being overly aggressive and leading the French across the river. Exactly. But what happens if you cross the river? Then your back is to the river, and when uh, the rain started to come down, so the muskets wouldn't work. And as my guest alluded to, it just came down to cold steel bayonets, and the Prussians pushed the French into the river. Mm, yes, it, yeah. but this happens in the end. They were crushed and right. ran with with um, with a bayonet, and they rammed the bayonet in, in, into the French boys. And it, it was cruel. It was a carnage. And then he, they were pushed in the Wild Neisse, Wilde Neisse. It's, mm. uh, it's a part of the Neisse, and, and the, the river was was very high because of the the re heavy rain, and uh, it was a slaughter for the French. Right. Yeah? Right. And mm. then Leipzig, it comes to Leipzig, and this is a strategic, very brilliant thing that that they uh, uh, that they encircled Napoleon here, and he he wanted to accept the battle. Right. And There are three hell rides of the Prussian army in, 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 in the history of the Prussian army. And they are all in the Napoleonic Wars. And the first of these hell rides, this is at Leipzig. Mm -hmm. uh, in Leipzig, there's the hell ride because um, already on the, I'm not sure about if this if, if it's already on the 16th or the 17th October 1813, There's a town Möckern mm -hmm. in north of Leipzig. And there is Marmont, Maréchal Marmont with right. his Marines and Polish infantry. Right. And they all were all tough guys. Mm -hmm. uh, any one of them. Mm -hmm. And and there the Silesian army under Blücher and York enters the battle and and storm. And they storm. Uh, they storm Möckern and try to crush the northern flank. And um, in the end, Marmont positions his uh, his cannons perfectly and he shuts the Silesian army into pieces with great shot and canister. It must be brutal. Right, yeah. It must be brutal. But 
in the end, there was one thing, only one unit was left. It was the, the Prussian reserve cavalry um, of, the, of the core of York, mm -hmm. the Brandenburgian Ossars mm -hmm. and the Lithuanian Dragoons under mm -hmm. Oberst von Jürgers. And with the last man, with the last attack, they break the lines of the French and crush the northern flank. Right. And this is what Alexander sees. And there he gets, Blücher gets the name Ma Marshal Vorwärts or right. Marshal Paschol, like right. the like the, the, uh, the Cossacks said. Yeah. And um, we can say that a part of the battle was won in Mecca. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a huge loss for Napoleon. In um, just moving along, in uh, the 1814 invasion mm -hmm. of France after Leipzig, Blücher and the Allies suffered a few sharp defeats against Napoleon, who's defending you know the fatherland at this point. Um, during this time, Blücher's health has been severely affected by the strains of campaigning, and he kind of suffers a mental breakdown. Do you do you want to talk about that briefly? Thank you for the question, John. I love that question. Blücher thought he would impregnated by an elephant or he was pregnant by an elephant <laughs> uh, this this is the thing and, and we we laugh about that and um right. i was shocked when i heard that I, I, of course i only read german books mm -hmm. so and and i i thought uh, how could in the anglo-american uh, literature this claim appear that Blücher was pregnant by an elephant. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I, I searched a bit and I found a source of von Boyen. Von Boyen was, was another famous general who um, met Blücher the first time. I think it was 1807-8 or uh, in 9 or 11. And there Blücher is very sick mm -hmm. and he sees shadows on the wall and he 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 draws his saber and beats and sees Napoleon in the darkness and uh, but with with very high fever and he nearly died at that point and there mm -hmm. the first time he says I am pregnant by an elephant <laughs> in the high fever so this is the first time the second time we have here the 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 passage uh, you see because um, the exhausted army of Silesia um, had, and, and the Prussian army in, in its whole thing had the problem with water, with clean water. So mm -hmm. the typhus uh, aroused, the typhus um, uh, made, made many sick of the, of the soldiers. And right. at this point, the high, Prussian high command was sick and it seems it was the typhus or the second possibilities of the pseudotyphus. There's a, a, a bacteria which is not so aggressive like the, like the first Salmonella here. Right. And he lay down and um, nearly got blind and must have been a huge pain in his stomach and, and uh, in the abdomen. Mm -hmm. And there he should have said, uh, I am pregnant by an elephant. In his sickness, right. So, and nearly he lost their their commander, and uh, and and York wanted to replace him, but what is impossible that the troops only followed Blücher. And the third yeah. source for that is 1815, when he fell down uh, as a 73 years old man right. in horse race. Mm -hmm. and there it is a British lord. I, I forgot his name. He was a very uh, very close to Wellington. Um, and there Blücher should have said, it was a conversation in French. And he said, I have an, j'ai un éléphant là. So, and there's the problem. Um, I have an elephant there in French. Blücher wasn't able to speak French, but mm -hmm. we have an idiom in German. Mm -hmm. We say I'm strong or resilient like an elephant. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I think... That no, I can't hold on. I'm I'm 73 years. I'm Blücher. No, I'm an <laughs> elephant. I'm strong. Strong. And this all this. I I think these three facts led 
to the assumption led to led uh, to the people think that Blücher really thought he was impregnated by an elephant. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, thank you for explaining that. Um, so Paris eventually falls to the Allies in March 1814, and Blücher is showered with awards. He even visits England, where he's treated as a celebrity everywhere he goes. Do you think he enjoyed that downtime a little bit? Mutual. It was mutual, I think, in Britain. Yeah. Um, he um, he impressed the British, I think, because this old man who who never get out of the saddle and uh, does all the thing, things in which the young man died and and he survives and uh, he is absolutely treated like a hero there, and so mm -hmm. he he liked it because uh, one thing you have have to know about Lucia, he was always broke. He <laughs> he. He never had enough money until the end of the Napoleonic War. Mm. Any saber he got donated by some royals, he sold it. He sold the material to uh, to, to to send it home and and uh, for his lifestyle or for a horse or horses for his men, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. so. This was a great time for him, and no Prussian soldier really got the uh, got the honor from their king. Mm -hmm. And then there is another country which hates Napoleon Bonaparte and treats him like a hero. And this was something special for him. They they painted um, pictures of him. And um, and then it, it was mutual, and he enjoyed the time. Yeah, uh, he, he wrote uh, he wrote uh, back to to home to uh, to his young wife. Uh, they are brilliant people. The, the, these English guys. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a good time. He retires to Silesia, but Napoleon's an escape from Elba in 1815 requires Blucher to go back to the front in Belgium in the famous Waterloo campaign. But yeah. before we get to Waterloo. The Prussians suffer a really hard-fought defeat at the Battle of Ligny, mm. and Blücher is yeah. captured by the French. Can you tell us what happened in that battle? Napoleon Bonaparte tried to separate uh, the Allied armies and tried to beat one after another, and mm -hmm. uh, he thought it would be very smart to beat Blücher first because Blücher would rather join Wellington then Wellington would join Blücher in, 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 in the hour of, uh, of emergency. Mm -hmm. So um, he attacked him first. And then um, I am a German. I cannot say it's, it's, a, it's a routing defeat or something like that. No, but no. It's, the Prussians could retreat very disciplined. Yeah. And there, it's the second hell ride. The second tile ride is Blücher because he lines up his reserve cavalry mm -hmm. and he joins his own troops in the first line. Mm -hmm. And with this motivation, they try to buy their infantry time to retreat. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not sure that the sources do not know exactly. I, I, I had some dis discussions with, with French, so French historians and French sources. Uh, the, the Prussian cavalry is cut down. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it was cuirassiers, uh, French cuirassiers who, who cut them down. He falls under his horse. And yeah. And he, under his horse for six hours. Yeah, he's trapped there. And then... Um... The story goes that some French cavalry rolled by, and, and was it the chief of staff who covered him up? So no one would know who. Exactly. His his assistant officer there, it is von Nostitz, mm -hmm. Graf von Nostitz, Graf yep. von Nostitz. Yep. And uh, he takes his coat and uh, covers him. The lights go out for him. Right. And he, he throws his coat uh, over Blücher that they don't, do not see uh, his decorations. Right. And they ignore him. Right. They ignore him until the Prussians come back to get him out of that. And in, the, in that moment, Kneisenau doesn't know that Blücher is still alive. Mm. And there he takes, uh, he, he is responsible and he, 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 
his decisive decisions is that that his drawback is not to the Rhine, right. but to Wavre. Wavre, yeah. Yeah, you always wonder, though, if the French had captured or killed Blücher at that moment, if things would have turned out different. Yeah. yeah. Um, lucky for us. Yeah, lucky, lucky that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, but moving on to the next uh, few days at the famous Battle of mm -hmm. Waterloo, Blücher secures victory for the Allies by flanking Napoleon while he's engaged with the Duke of Wellington. Now, I, I don't want to get into too much of the battle because it could be a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Blucher's there in, you know, and there's a quote. He's saying four words, quote, I hear you say it is impossible, but it has to be done. I've given my promise to Wellington and you surely don't want me to break it. Push yourselves, my children, and we'll have victory, end quote. Yes, in, in the John, German narrative, it's it's nearly the same words. Uh, it could only change a bit. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you do not know. I have to. I have to go to my brother Wellington. That's the German narrative. You should have said that. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh, at this point, he is such a charismatic person. And we, we wonder, we wonder how could this old man, I, I think... I'm I'm 43, and sometimes I feel tired. Right. And this man falls under hooks, six yeah. hours, stands up, and fights the battle of the century. This is yeah. this, this is impossible. But there, there's an answer. He nothing. He did nothing than that in his life. Yeah. He was born in the saddle. He stayed in the saddle. He never stopped sitting in the saddle and fighting right. or hunting or something like that. Yeah. So, right. and and there, this old marshal, and there, there, there it comes. I, I, I see this old marshal before me on uh, at the campfire, and and he smokes his pipe. His pipe is is is, an, is you see him is is a very important thing for Blücher. He he is always seen with a pipe. He kept this pipe between his teeth and, right. and he rides from, from position to position. Go, go boys, forward, forward. Yeah? And and you, his heart is on that because he gave Wellington the promise that he will be in time and beat the scourge of Europe. Right. Yeah? Now, this next question is very controversial. Would the Allies have defeated Napoleon without Blücher and the Prussians there? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> then you put me in a very difficult position. Yeah. And I, I will yeah. be contested and disputed in there. <laughs> I think, I think Napoleon Bonaparte wouldn't have got Mont Saint-Jean. I think Wellington would have defended his position, mm -hmm. but I think where, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte wouldn't have beaten in that way. Mm -hmm. That he couldn't uh, he couldn't recover from that. Mm -hmm. uh, this was the Prussian thing, and uh, I, I do not want to say okay, he, it was it was us the Prussians or it was. It was them, the, the British, uh, the British Alliance. Mm -hmm. So I really have to say, it was us. It was Europe. It was the will of the peoples. It was the will of the folks of Europe to 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 beat him. Then. Yeah, you make an interesting point, though. Kind of like if the if the Prussians had not had shown up, maybe it would have been like a quatre bras, where it was like a mm. stalemate, where like mm. neither side retreated, but they. They just would have fought all day without any conclusion. Maybe that's how it would have gone. If the but of course the Prussians did show up, and Napoleon had to divert troops to face the Prussians. We know what happened. Uh, Napoleon was lost Waterloo and had to abdicate a second time. Uh, what happens to Blucher after you know Napoleon's gone and you know he retires? Yeah, he retired. Mm -hmm. um, he go goes back to to his goods to to his stables. And um, uh, becomes father. He was a loving father, really. Uh, he has th three kids, and uh, he goes back and becomes father and grandfather for his children. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing is very important: now he has enough money. He was seen afterwards at. Uh, he was a gambler. Mm. Uh, he 
has very high debts and uh, in, in this younger days and now he can pay them all but he still sits on the table gambling right, right. and um, when you saw in these days an old man who puts four pieces of gold on the gambling table they said look this this is Blücher this is the old general mm. and his last words, he has some last words who was put in the in his mouth, but they are very poetic and I, I do not think he really said that, but it was like um, now I look in the mouth and the fire of the cannons like I, I ever did before. Mm. His last words and then, then mm. he passed away and uh, and it was a hard thing. The, the heritage of Blücher is, is uh, very, yeah. very difficult because his, yeah. his mausoleum was, was pillaged by the Russians in uh, 1945. Right. His uh, corpse was was gone. They, they didn't, uh, didn't find him any, uh, his body anymore. Right. And uh, a, a sad thing. Yeah. And, um, but in, in him, the, it shows for me something never underestimate an elder person right so never. this is this is what Blücher shows me for myself i yeah. think for the german heritage we have a person we have our heroes if we go exactly at the person we don't see he wasn't a god he was a strong person but he wasn't a god he he could be wounded he he had his troubles he had his 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 devils his demons in him yeah but he was yeah. a great person and i think that's what his legacy is you know when prussia was down and the french had occupied and you know the morale like you said was really low like in 1806 1807 there was this one guy blucher who refused to you know cow or submit to napoleon he was like the kind of like the shining star during the dark times exactly yeah um, so yeah, it's just an interesting guy, uh, and I thank you for telling us about uh, Marshall Blucher. I, I recommend all my listeners uh, learn more about him. Just really interesting guy. And uh, Philip, I thank you for joining the show um, one more time. The, the if you want to follow Philip, uh, Pertanix on Twitter. Pertinax, P-E-R-T-I-N-A-X-S. Pertinax. Got it. Got it. And uh, yeah, he has some really great content he posts there. And um, it was a pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure for me, John. Really thank you. Thank you. It was a nice time.